Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello friends, welcome back to New Blue. As before, while I'm away doing the research for the rest of Murder Mile, this is a three-part series about Paul, my friend who is a metropolitan policeman, and we're diving into what it's like to actually be a real policeman. In part one, we looked at his training. In part two, we looked at his firsts. And in this episode, the final episode, we're going to look into what it's like every day to be a policeman. As before, this is an unedited interview, so feel free to join me afterwards for a little extra mile and a quiz. From the start, there is a sound of beers being slurped, so if you don't like that, maybe fast forward a bit. And of course, there are some blue words and some opinions which don't fully reflect the police. This episode also contains frequent burps from Police Constable Arsenal Guinness. Not major ones, just little windy pops. And now, on with the show. Recording New Blue 3 version 2. You're welcome. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. <laughs> no, you, no, you're no, welcome. you're welcome. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, Paul, do oh, stop. All right, then. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is uh, New Blue 3, and let's start with a familiar sound. Oh, yours wasn't as fizzy. Or poppy. Or... Yeah, mine was a bit premature, wasn't it? Story of my life. I think it happens with uh, old age, because we are old now. We are old. I'm slightly older, but not by much. <laughs> Stay young and beautiful. <laughs> Is this how we're meant to start, part I, three? I, I really don't know, but I'm thinking of sectioning you. So, uh... <laughs> Could you do... Here's an interesting question. Go on, then. Um, we're mates. Yeah. No, that's the question. Question mark. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> um, can you can obviously arrest me, but is that is there something against you arresting someone that you know, for like family, friends? You can rec- rec- is it recuse yourself from the case? Okay. Uh, so I haven't had the situation, but I have had friends who have been in a situation whereby, let's say, a piss up in a pub, uh-huh. and uh, you go down to sort it out, and people are. There's sort of there's like a fray or assault, and you are drawn to the attention of a balding gentleman in the corner, and then the oh, barman says it's that's the guy who punched first, and you yeah. go up and I go, oh, Michael, hi, I can recuse myself. I can say I know this person. I'm I'm not willing to arrest. Can you only do that if there's another policeman around? Yeah, 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 yeah. The reason being that not not oh I don't want to nick my mate. Yeah. It's just like I know you. So an annoying defence witness could say, well, the reason that my uh, my my client was arrested by Constable Arsenal Guinness yeah. was that three years ago, my client kissed his bird or I'm using a vernacular. I'm not, I don't normally speak like that. Um, <laughs> kissed his bird or didn't pay back a loan or pranged his car. You know, yeah. they could say that there's a reason behind it. Oh, um, or someone might say, well, I don't really want you arresting your friend because you might go easy on your friend and decide that it's not that crime, it's a lesser crime. So you, you, there's no reason why I couldn't do it. Yeah. But more often than not, you'd recuse yourself and say, I, I can't do this, I know the person involved. So that's probably a big reason why you decided not to uh, be a policeman in your own borough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, ah, oh, okay. 
Interesting. I'm glad we kind of stumbled across that oh, yeah. one. <laughs> I've stumbled across you many a time, anyway, Karen. Ooh, so why why is the average day for you as a policeman? Uh, I wake up, I go to work, I come home. That was a great episode. Anyway, back to this. Now, um, my my average day at work. Right. Well, I I'm quite anal. By that I mean OCD, not anything else. Um, I like to try and be in an hour before my shift starts. Yeah. So it just means I can get changed, um, get myself sorted. Mm-hmm. I can have a look through my emails, of which there's normally many, many, many emails. What What would be standard emails? Um, well, there's, there's, there's several emails we get on a regular basis. People who are missing. Okay. We're, we're informed of anyone who's missing on our borough, just so we have a picture and details in case we're in that area or we see them. Yeah. Um, any criminal intelligence, let's say stolen cars. Okay. Or certain things are happening in certain areas to keep an eye out for. Uh, obviously, if you've got court cases going on, any yeah. updates on them. And you you deal with all your investigations. So there might be an email from a victim saying, oh, by the way, from that burglary, I also realised this was stolen. Or they might be asking you what's going on. So things like that. Um, Whenever whenever a a law changes that's relevant to us, uh, obviously during coronavirus, because the laws Mm. for coronavirus changed every five bloody minutes, we're informed of all updates of that. and anything that's relevant, you know, because it is an office environment, so you yeah. might get an email saying uh, there's going to be a power shortage on Tuesday or we need to clean the locker room on this day, you know, anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, I'd like to catch up with all of them because you never know what your shift is going to be. Every day is different. Oh, wow. So you might come into a shift and there's no, there's no calls for an hour. Uh, so you could have done your emails then. Yeah. Or you can leave everything to it and then... As soon as seven o'clock, it's like, right, bang, you need to go there. You need to go there. There's another call out there. Because wow. uh, it's not just about the calls that we take. There might be a crime scene. There might be someone who's been arrested who needs to go to hospital. You have to look after him in hospital. There might be a victim that needs to be looked after in yep. hospital. Uh, there's things we call constant watches. So if someone's in custody but needs to be watched all, t- all the time, oh. you have to sit, literally sit in front of their cell and, and watch them. I've seen that where where you kind of have an officer on a chair, the doors mm-hmm. open, and they're just yeah, just watching them. Wow! And how long do you have to do that for? I've done that for a whole shift, so I've done oh. that for nine hours. Are you able to go like? Oh, you Lulu? Yeah, you 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 normally because we're in pairs. Okay. You would you would what we call self relieve, which just sounds wrong. <laughs> so I might do an hour, and then you'll do an hour, and things like that. So yeah, and there's loads of there's loads of situations where you might. We, we we then so when we come in so let's say it's a morning it's a, an early shift so I'll aim to get in for six in the morning yeah get myself sorted uh, have a cup of tea fag nice uh, pint of Guinness maybe a beer um, <laughs> and then uh, you have parade so at seven o'clock uh, the sergeants and the inspector will come out is that like marching or? no 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 it's just called parade it's briefing um, and they will they will go through anything that's pertinent if something's happened overnight or. Okay. If there's been intelligence, something's going to happen during the day. Uh, and then they'll give you your postings for the day. So it'll tell, tell you who's doing what. So you have your pandas, you have your IRVs, which are the response cars. You have your van, which yeah. I told you about in the last episode. Um, you also have appointment cars. So people who've rung in where it might not be an urgent case, an emergency situation, okay. but police do have to attend. So you arrange to come around their house. Uh, you have uh, a security car, a bomb car. Yeah. So they go over certain checkpoints within your borough that might be of interest to terrorist activity just to check that they're okay and things like that. And that's a daily thing? Yeah, that's a daily thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I, I didn't know whether that was just for special events, like heading up to... No, 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 no. That's for all the time. All the time. Wow. But if you think about it, depending on what borough you're on, there might be... I mean, I'm not. But if you're Westminster, yeah. you've got the whole Houses of Parliament, you've yeah. got all the tourist spots. Yeah. Um, if you're Lambeth, you have like the Millennium Eye and yeah. things like that. If you're uh, Camden or any of the other central yeah. boroughs, you've got loads of points like Waterloo, Camden, um, Waterloo, Kings Cross, Euston, all the major stations. Yeah. So obviously you have British Transport Police who aren't part of us, yeah. but they police the station. We would police the area around the station. Um Talking about shifts, yeah. this is an interesting thing. So uh, you're here with me now, and yeah. it's uh, it's eight o'clock. And is it? Oh, it I know God. we're whizzing through. Yeah. And, uh, it's uh, soon it'll be my bedtime. But 
you were on night shift last night. Yes, I was, yes. Um, so what are the shifts and how do you cope with the change in shifts? Right. The normal pattern for my team at the moment is you have six days on yeah. and four days off. So the first two days are early, so that's from 7 o'clock in the morning until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. The next two days are late, so that's from 2 o'clock in the afternoon to 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And then the next two days are nights, so that's from 10 o'clock at night to 7 o'clock in the morning. So once you've done those six days, you get four days off. But obviously that first day... Sleeping. You're sleeping. <laughs> wow. But your, your body adjusts. I mean, I somehow... And I'm I'm an exception. I'm a exception to all. Most people are much more normal than I am. But I normally survive on about four hours a night. <gasps> so after a night shift, I will aim to get in. Once I've got home, got changed, got home. If there's been nothing that's kept us late, ideally I'll probably be home around eight, half eight, and then uh, I find myself quite wired. Yeah. Unless I've done a lot of strenuous activity, I'm quite wired. So I'll just sit and watch a bit of telly. Um, and then aim to go to bed for about nine, half nine. And the thing is, because I, I deliberately try not to, uh, unless, of course, it's for Michael and it's for the wonderful Murder Mile Trooper. Thank you very much, um, <laughs> I deliberately try not to plan anything for my first rest day. Mm-hmm. So, because you just don't know. Sometimes I've got into bed, I don't set an alarm. So I'll, I'll get into bed and I'll wake up at two and get on with my day. I've had days where I've got into bed and woken up at seven in the night. Wow. I'm just like... But the thing is, you don't want to ruin your rest days, mm. so you don't want to put your your brain completely out of kilter. Because the days that I will sleep until seven, yeah, I'll get up and I'll deliberately try and do something that'll make me want to go to sleep at a, a relatively normal time. Otherwise, I'll just be like sitting there at three o'clock in the morning, going, you know, <laughs> what, what's happening? And that just screws up the rest of your rest days. Wow. So uh, when you have rest days, is yeah. that sacrosanct? Does the boss go, right, that's your rest day, that's fine, you sleep in, have a good sleep, good night? It is sacrosanct, but the very nature of what we do, um, as I know you want to talk about things like, if, you've, if you're if you the officer in the case that's going to court, mm. and that court date falls within your rest days, you're going to court. There's mm. no question about it. Um, unless, obviously, you're on holiday or you've given them a reason. Um and yes, yeah, so your rest days, you're left to your own devices. But if something, heaven forbid, awful happens, like London Bridge incident a couple yeah. of years ago when I was in training, uh, Grenfell, again, wow. sadly happened when I was in training. Uh, before that, things like the riots and the Tottenham riots and, and 7-7. God. Um, do, know, do, do they just call you up and go, you're on duty now? What happens I've in never situation? had a situation touch wood while I've been in that's been as bad as that talking to colleagues I think your just natural thing is I'm just going to get into work you're just going to work you might get a call yeah. uh, depending on your level of skills if it's the public order training I've talked about previously or you're a response driver but I think the majority of people would probably unless they had a reason not to yeah. just go to work get your uniform on and go into the, the supervisor's office and go right what can I do? Where can I go? Right. Uh, but again, there's no reason why you have to. Yeah. Uh, I don't think. I, I'll, I'll gladly be corrected by one of your listeners if I'm wrong, but I don't think you you can go, I'm staying at home. Yeah. But I think the, the nature of if you're the kind of person who wants to do the job, you're, yeah. something like that comes in. You know, you even if even if you know like, what, what can I do, they'll probably put me direct in traffic three miles away from the scene. You're doing something that's helping. So. Yeah. Have you done that before, directing traffic? Is that part of the job? I have had to direct traffic a couple of times. Um, I remember once on my borough, the uh, I think a bus went into a lamppost and just put the lamppost across the road and took out most of the traffic lights. And I spent four hours with me and a colleague just in, in a lane each, literally just going, you know, come, 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 stop. God. Just turning ourselves into traffic lights for four hours. I guess that's it. Every, is every day unpredictable? Yeah. Or, or, or are there elements that are predictable? There's elements that are predictable. When you hear a call come out, yeah. it makes you sound very jaded, but you'll hear a call come out to a certain address or involving a certain person, and you know how it's going to happen. Okay. Uh, you hear a call come out of the allegation of, of, the, of an incident, and you know what's going to happen. But just because you know what's going to happen doesn't mean that's how it's going to happen. Yeah. And no day is the same. No day is the same. Do, do I t- so I, I take it you get a lot of the same faces again and again. You do get to know a few... Um, Legends? characters shall we say <laughs> yeah you do get to know a few people who are just you will either 
come across them while you're out in the car or you'll get you'll get a call we have a, a few on our borough we have a few regular hoax callers okay and when a certain call comes out in a certain area the first thing you do is you go on the radio and go can i just ask the name of the person who's called this in and they'll say that name and you'll just go ah, we'll go but we know it's rubbish yeah i mean you still have to go because it's it's the boy who cried wolf yeah. that one time you go do you know what Michael, Michael has rung in again. I'm not going. And then the next day, you're like, "Oh, did you hear about what happened after you went home? We ran around Michael's house, and this had happened." So you still go, but you have a a view of how how these situation will yeah. occur. Oh, uh, is uh, dealing with people with drugs and drug issues a big part of your job? A lot of our job is mental health issues, okay, domestic issues, and drugs. It sounds like that means it's all the same. It's not. No, no two things are the same. But um, yeah, we do have to. I'll be diplomatic. We do have to be mental health nurse, paramedic, social worker, much more than we should be. Mm. But it, it is what it is. Should that really be your job? Shouldn't no, there be a mental no, it health team? Shouldn't be our job at all. But the mental health teams and the paramedics, everyone's everyone's swamped but shouldn't it shouldn't really be the paramedics job really should there should be a de designated oh, no, mental the, health there is a designated mental health team but uh, just inundated now you know yeah. haven't got enough staff it's 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 uh an unavoidable issue of our job yeah uh, i mean and it, it you know there's a there's a, a saying that said by most of the old sweats who've been in policemen for ages which is the job's fucked you know just imagine <laughs> someone with a very thinly rolled up cigarette just going fucking job's fucked mate job's fucked the job is the job is the job has been fucked for years but most of them have um it is what it is yeah. we shouldn't have to do half the stuff we do but yeah. we have to because there's nobody else to do it yeah and that's not saying that other like the london fire brigade or the london ambulance service or mental health services or whatever borough you work in are rubbish they're just in exactly the same boat yeah and I, it's it's just the nature of the beast underfunded and yeah. understaffed yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, do you uh, do you have to go to court? Yes, I have to go to court uh, on a semi-regular basis. I did have a period where I was um, seconded to another team where I was dealing with domestic violence. Oh, wow. So that involved a lot of going to court with victims and and suspects, obviously. Um, yeah, I've been to I've been to most levels of court so far. God. So, what what are the uh, different types of court that you go to? Well, we have magistrates court. Yeah. Uh, we have crown court. Uh, we have coroner's court. Okay. There cool. are other levels like uh, the old Bailey. Uh, I've never had to go there, thankfully, because of the kind of cases they deal with, uh, and the royal courts of justice. Uh, and there's family court where yes. people go with um, you know custody disputes and the like. Mm. But yeah, I've been to crown magistrates and coroner's court. Okay, so what when you turn up? Sorry, my microphone popped off my chest because of my big fat belly and his breasts <laughs> and well, his copious breasts, listeners. And we all know where that comes from. That comes from cake, <laughs> cake and Caffrey's tonight. Tonight, yeah. tonight, tonight's podcast is sponsored by Caffrey's. <laughs> Thank God as well. So, uh, what what are the di uh, we've got the three different types yeah. of main court. What is your role when you're asked to go there, and when are you uh. asked to go there? You're asked to go there in several situations. Uh, mostly, you're there as officer in the case. So that means that you might have arrested, you might have dealt with the investigation. Uh, you're also asked there to be a witness uh, in several different layers. Um, you might be that you witnessed a further crime that happened. Mm -hmm. It might be that you actually saw the initial crime. Uh, you can also be called as what they call an expert witness. Mm. So... That might be in a drugs case. That might be in a case involving someone being drunk and disorderly. Uh, most of the time when someone is drunk, arrested for drunk and disorderly, they're put in a cell for the night to sober up and then they're given a penalty notice the next morning. Okay. Uh, unless there's a reason not to. That might mean that they said something to the, said something of a racial or homophobic nature or that while they were drunk they caused criminal damage or they assaulted someone, whatever the case may be. So you're called as an expert witness to say, why was this person intoxicated? I know that sounds like a strange thing. That person was intoxicated because they had 17 pints. Mm. But some people can hold their booze, some people can't. You're there to say, in your opinion as a police officer, this person was intoxicated, yeah. whatever the case may be. Uh, things like drink, drive. Uh, obviously, 
automatically, if you turn up at someone who's, dr- who's drove their car into a tree, got out of the car and is pissed as a fart, yeah. then you are a witness to the crime. And as a police officer, you're an expert witness. Mm. So things like that. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the time, you know, I've, I've seen officer colleagues assaulted. Uh, I've been assaulted myself, but nothing. Yeah, you know, I, I got I got a, a very light slap on the arm, but I've seen friends get a lot worse. Um, so you're a witness to an offence. Yeah. So you can be called as that. So yeah, there's there's loads of different ways you can be called to court. What? So um, this is going to sound like a weird question, but do you have a preference between the the courts? Yes, I do. Uh, I prefer Crown Court. Okay. Uh, Crown Court is of a higher level, so more serious crimes. Um, and when you go to Crown Court, everything is very formal. That's where you'll see the, the solicitors wearing the black gowns and the wigs. Do they say, I put it to you? Yes, they do. It's wonderful. <laughs> I put it to you, Officer Constable. <laughs> that he was, he was a bounder and a cat. Yes, I have, I've heard of that as well. Um, <laughs> but it's very straightforward because they have all the facts of the case. They are very much, and you, you have a judge and a jury. Mm. Uh, and uh, they will literally... It's quite straightforward for an officer because you will get into the stand and they'll say, are you officer so-and-so? Were you here at this time? Did you arrest for this? Did you do this because of this and that? So it's it's very much formal. Uh, you still get cross-examined by the defence, but if the prosecutor's done their job correctly, yeah. you can just go, well, I refer to my last answer. Uh, magistrate's court is slightly lower-level crimes, um, what like as an example uh, you might get common assault in there okay. theft things like that uh, public order cases like a fray uh, where basically a fray and things like that are when you go to for argument's sake outside a pub on a high street and there's just been a drunken brawl okay so nobody ma- there might not be many bruised faces but loads of people have made art tits of themselves um, is that a legal term they made the tit of themselves yes oh, it thank is, you. Yes. I think in legally it's make a breast of themselves oh, um or, you know, well, from from my memory, anyway. Um, hey! <laughs> used to do comedy, you know. Um, yeah, so that's a bit more... I, I, I'm not a fan because you have to go in there and know everything about a case that you might have attended three up to three years previously, and you just have to have everything there and then. Uh, there is no jury in a magistrate's court. Okay. There is... Uh, 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 either a magistrate or magistrate so there's three there's a tribunal if you like a bit more X factor to it yeah um, and uh, and uh, do they give you information in advance so you can go off and research and then... oh yes yeah, yeah. you're given your court warning so okay. you know it's coming up normally as early as they possibly can so that you can prepare yourself for the case um, so yeah magistrate's court because you have to come in and off the cuff remember everything yeah it is sometimes not daunting but you realise that if you get something wrong, a good defence lawyer could jump on that. Mm. Uh, there's nothing more galling than having someone who is, for want of a better phrase, bang to rights, mm. and see them walk mm. because of something that you got wrong. Mm. I know this sounds very glib, but if someone else gets something wrong, you're annoyed, but you're like, well, I've done everything I can. But if you go in there and screw something up, and then they go, right, well, the reason this is happening is because Constable Arsenal Guinness couldn't provide this. You're yeah. like, well, hands up, I've screwed up. Um, and there's coroner's court which isn't always nice because by the very nature of it you're dealing with an inquest so it could be into a suicide Um, you know it's a death of a loved one and the family are all there and at the end of a you know one of the last things of a coroner's court is the coroner can throw questions into the people in court Mm. so they can ask you Mm. questions about you know you might have found you know a, a loved one of theirs dead through for whatever reason and you know you've got to try and talk to very distraught family members so it's it's not nice god that must be really stressful yeah but again it's very much like any any walk of life in what i do is that as long as you're prepared and as long as you know that you've done everything you possibly can yeah you know it's it's it's, you know it's not nice but you can walk away not necessarily with your head held high and go look they had a question, I had an answer. Yeah. It might not have been the answer that they wanted to hear. Yeah. It might not have been a nice answer, but it's the best answer I can give nonetheless. Mm. Going back to your original training, we were talking about uh, that you, you had to remember all the legal stuff. Yes. Um, in your job, 
Let's say, for example, you're going to arrest me under section. Blah, 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 the, blah, blah, the, the dirty blah, old blah. man act, yes. Exactly. Well, uh, later, later. Yeah. Um, how do you remember all of that? You don't have to remember everything. It's a bit like the caution that I spoke, to, spoke about in the last episode. If I'm arresting you for theft, mm. all I have to do is say that I'm arresting you for theft. Uh, when I do my notes later, mm. I may include you know, the theft act, the year of the act, the section of the act. Um, for I'm going to say burglary, yeah. it could be 91A and 91B of the theft act. Okay. Uh, depending on the nature of it. I'm not going to bore you or your listeners with it. But but I will still just arrest for burglary. Um, do you have to get it right at that moment? As long as I do that. If, if, I, if I'm nicking you for theft, yeah. if I'm nicking you for... Uh, theft from the person of another so yeah. you're a pickpocket yeah and i've found you i've literally walked i've been working a parade like trooping of the color or something yeah. like that and i've seen you dip your hand in a pocket and take someone's wallet yeah i've seen you commit theft okay so i will grab you and i will say i'm arresting you for theft because on let's say you did it now so on the 8th of september 2021 at funny enough 2021 mm-hmm. um I saw you here with Troop in the Colour, so Horse Guards Parade. Yeah. I saw you take uh, a wallet from the pocket of a person in front of you. The reasons for the arrest, and then that's it. So I've given you grounds. I don't have to go into Section 9, Subsection 4, blah, 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 of this okay. Act, 1842, blah, blah. But if I write my notes, yeah. I might do that. Okay. If that went to court, what would happen is... Uh, court might try to quiz me by going right mm. under what section, but because I've you know I've I've already arrested, I've done everything. Mm. I've had your your charge during court. I will sit down and make sure I know that. But at the time, I just have to know the basic, the very much the basics. If if uh, say you're going to arrest someone for something, is there uh, someone you can turn to to ask advice to go? What are the crimes that? I need to arrest yeah. them for. Yeah, I mean, or? I think because we have different levels. If it's very clear, it's there. You'll just do it. Yes, I, I, I'm arresting. To use the example, I'm arresting you for theft because I saw you do it. Yeah, that's fine. If it was a, a someone told me, I go right. I'm arresting you for theft because it's been it's been alleged that blah 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 blah. Done. Yeah. If it's a convoluted, so let's say an arrest inquiry that's been set up for you to attend, someone will have written down everything that you need to know. Okay. But you've always, everyone's got each other's back. The people who have been in longer in service will help you out. Yeah. If you're worried, you can call a sergeant up. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's not there to, te- to, to test you or, or trip you up. The only thing is to make sure that your arrest is lawful. Yeah. And the reason, the, the way it's lawful is, I believe you have committed a crime. The details of the crime are this. The reasons I'm arresting, as I've said to you in, in yeah. other episodes, arrest might not be the right way or the necessary way or the, the most effective way. Yeah. But if it is, I'm arresting you for doing this at this time. These are the reasons for my arrest. And we have a, a list. We have like the police is full of mnemonics, but we have one called ID Cop Plan. I'm not going to bore you with what they all are, but <laughs> they're, they're the reasons, you know. So the grounds for your arrest, mm. uh, you've done it. Or you've you've alleged that you've done this. The reasons to give you one of those of ID clock uh, investigations. So for a prompt and effective investigation under a recorded interview, mm. um, if it's to do with drugs, also to if it's theft or something, also to to prevent further loss of property, um, obstruction of the highway. Mm. If it's assault, to prevent further injury to someone. Um, simple as that. It's everything like that. If it's criminal damage to prevent further damage to property, yeah, you know. Uh, so there's a. I've given you a reason why I'm arresting you. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it all sounds complicated, but it's like anything. It becomes muscle memory. Yes. I mean, I, I turned like, last night. We, uh, you know, obviously I can't go into the, the, the machinations of the job, but I went to a, an issue, an incident where someone had a, someone had assaulted someone else, and literally we turn up. My colleagues had got there first and they had the man, uh, they were with the man because there was a, th- um, a threat that he had a knife on him. Mm-hmm. So they had every right to stop him and search him under what we call section one of PACE. So basically to see if he had any weapons on him. Mm-hmm. So they had him in handcuffs because the, the threat had been made that he had a knife. So that stops him going anywhere near a knife. Yeah. He's been searched. When we turn up, people come up to us and said, we saw him doing that to that person. So he was seen hitting someone. So therefore... 
we can then turn to him and say, I'm arresting you for assault because at this time on this day, you have been seen hitting someone. Okay. Simple as that. And the reasons for the arrest uh, uh, prompt an effective investigation because obviously he's at this stage saying, oh, he, hit, he or she or it, they hit me first. Mm. Fine, that that's fine. You can say that in an interview. And also because there's been an allegation that you have hit someone and have a knife to prevent harm to others. You know, simple as that. Oh, wow. Um, let's say, for example, I'm not going to commit a crime, but, well, not, uh, you know, obviously. Not yet. Uh, the night is yet young. Ex-BBC and, you know, things yeah. ha- things that happened in the 70s happened in the 70s. Yeah, but you would have been about five, so I'm a bit worried. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, let's say, for example, I were to uh, steal someone's wallet or handbag. Yep. How do you prove that? What do you, What do you need in order to... Well, if I've been told that you've been seen doing it, yeah. or we have enough evidence that it's been done, let's say CCTV of you going into a room and nicking it, yeah. uh, I will arrest you on suspicion of theft. Okay. So you will be arrested. I've given you the grounds and everything that I spoke to about a minute mm-hmm. ago, and you will go into custody. And then it is my duty, or whoever's taken over the case, because you can only be held, as we all know, in custody for 24 hours. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that people are kept for the full 24 hours. If there's no need for someone to stay in, they'll be out in half an hour. Mm. That's the mistake people, when they see these programs, it's like they think it's like Jack Bauer. It's like, dick, dick. <laughs> it's like we've got 24 hours to prove that this man stole a lolly from Sainsbury's. We don't care. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's all about processing. Nobody wants to keep people in custody for, mm. for longer than they have to be. But So whilst, whilst I have you in custody... It stands down to my remit or whoever's taken over the case to go, right, so you've been told there's CCTV Mm. of the Michael taking this handbag. So I or a colleague will go to the place and go, right, can I view the CCTV? Right, I've seen the CCTV. I can clearly see Michael nicking the handbag. So I'll burn off that CCTV. I'll come back to the station. And in that situation, I will interview you because let's say you said, I didn't nick anything. Mm. I haven't got anything. You haven't found a handbag on me. Yeah. You've searched my house. You've searched me. There's no handbag. But then I will interview you and go, right, you're here. I will caution you again mm. to say, whatever you say to me now in an interview can be used in evidence. Why right? do you need to re-caution someone? Is because it... It is in, it's an interview process. Okay. That first caution yeah. is just during the arrest. Because as I said, if I arrest you for assault... yeah. And then you start going, no, he hit me first. He's, he punched my wife. He did this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's a significant statement. Yeah. In interview, I'm cautioning the person again because I'm saying to them, what you are saying now yeah. is evidence. Oh. And the reason being that a lot of people, they forget what they've said if they're lying. It's, it's called inference of truth. And also, if someone does the old no comment because they watch too much law and order, mm. that again is inference of truth because you're not giving a defence. Yeah. So a jury might go, well, if not giving a defence. But, so to go back to the, the stealing of the handbag. Or wallet. Or wallet, no, it's handbag. It's definitely handbag. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen your wardrobe. Um, they were Evers. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> what Eva? <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so I will interview you, yeah. and I will say, right, it's been alleged that on this day, at this time, you went into so-and-so's room and nicked the wallet. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Tell me in your words what happened. Yeah. And you might go, oh, I didn't knock it, blah, 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 you can't prove it, blah, blah. Have I got any money? Have I got any cards? Have I got the wallet? Blah, blah, blah. Do you find it? You know? And I go, right, I'm now going to show you exhibit number, yeah, uh, which is CCTV of... Jack's off license. So let's say, let's say, for example, that there's no CCTV yeah. uh, and you haven't found the handbag or wallet. If there is no evidence to prove it, then yeah. no further action will be taken. Okay. Um, if there's a possibility that evidence might be available but can't be got straight away, let's say the CCTV, the shop's closed for the weekend, yeah. uh, then you would be released under investigation. So you would be released. Yeah. Uh, dependent on the crime, there might be conditions put upon you. So okay. If it's assault, not to go near that person. If it's of domestic nature, not to go home. Um, if it's shoplifting, not to go anywhere near that shop. Or if it's a chain of shops, not to go anywhere near those shops. Okay. Uh, and then if you, and then it would be an offence if you broke any of those conditions. So breach of bail. Okay. Um, Do you need to have the the handbag physically? If, if enough, let's say it's all about evidence. Let's say there's no CCTV, yeah. but I have 
four statements saying they saw you take the handbag. Okay. So that's evidence. Yeah. Because four people have been willing to give a statement, therefore have been asked if they're willing to go to court. Okay. Let's say they've all said yes. So I have four witness statements saying they saw you with a handbag. Okay. And then you might look into, you know, a handbag is a bad example in this one because you wouldn't go into this much detail, but if you need a handbag and the handbag had a million dollars in it, yeah. I might not look. I might not be able to find the handbag because if you have nicked it, you might burn it or got rid of it. Um, but what I would do is I'd release you under investigation. But I'd have a look at your bank records. Okay. I'd have a look at your movements. If you had no money at all, and then the day after the handbag was stolen, you're booking your flight to Barbados. As always. Or all of a sudden, I noticed that Eva's wearing a brand new pair of shoes. Oh, like every day. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? It's all about evidence around there. Okay. Yeah. I only ask that because uh, when I was a kid, there was a roundabout near where I used to live. And there used to be cars coming around, parking up on this very quiet roundabout, yeah. going behind the wall, and then guys coming out with, like, PlayStations and shit like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I like, when I was doing I was doing a bit of work over at Crouch End, there was a... Someone had stolen a wallet, but when they, they caught him, but they couldn't find the wallet... Yeah. And apparently he he was like hiding them round a wall round the corner, so it wasn't on his person. Yeah, is that s- standard? Yeah, but the thing is, you get to know you have. I'm a response team officer, but there's neighbourhoods officers who are they have certain districts within their borough. Yeah, that they police all the time. That's all they do is look after their ward. So they get to know the local businesses. Yeah, they get to know the local bars. They get to go to the local restaurants. But the flip side of that, they also get to know the local junkies, yeah. the local pickpockets, the local gangs. Yeah. So they will know how these people work. Yeah. They will do things like there's, you know, there'll be there'll be a, a niche or a crevice that they'll know if they go around there at a certain time, <laughs> they'll find shed loads of drugs or they'll find a couple of open wallets. You know, it's just it's all about gathering intelligence and learning yeah. the, the tricks of everyone that you deal with. I guess everyone's a creature of habit, aren't they? Everyone is, yeah. and you know, unfortunately, in the world of drugs, that's mate, that's a complete creature of habit because you need to get the next fix. So there's going to be times when you know where to go. Well, what is what is the, what's the most rewarding part of your job? What do you really enjoy about being a copper? I just like doing a good job. Yeah, there's it's nothing better than and, and, and this is going to make me sound quite blasé, but there's nothing better than a good arrest. Okay. There's nothing better. Uh, like for argument's sake, a couple of nights ago, I assisted with a friend who uh, had to deal with a drunk driver. And this guy was absolutely three sheets of the wind. And just, it, it feels good to get him off the road. Yeah. Because you know that if you don't, there's more chance he's going to plough in. Because these people never kill themselves. It's like they're, it's like they're made of Teflon. Mm. They'll plough into a young family or an elderly mm. couple write their car off, obliterate a family's life and come out with a sore head. So it's really rewarding to get, again, sound like Americans 80s cop movie, scum off the streets. Mm. But it's also rewarding when you can, that, that very rare, sad, that very rare time you can return something from a burglary or or just assure someone that they're safe. Again, you know, the other day going into a house where it was a concern the person behind it, pardon me, Guinness burp, <laughs> Uh, you know that person might have passed away yeah. and you go in and just found out that they're quite elderly with dementia and they'd taken their hearing aids out yeah. and it's you know it's quite rewarding to just go in and go no you're alright here's your family everyone's yes. alright lovely yeah and also there's some shops that offer discounts to police so that's always rewarding well oh, that, that here's an interesting thing so do you are there rewards no that, no you... I joke I jest I jest we have we have um, we have certain schemes almost like loyalty cards one being the blue light card, where we will get money off certain shops. No, nothing amazing. But yeah, there are some nice coffee shops that you know they'll they'll offer you a free coffee. Nothing wrong with that. Do you get to go to Arsenal matches to to watch? I funnily enough went to the last Arsenal home match uh, working and uh, for the working. First, no, for the first time in three years, I actually was in the ground and watched the whole match, and we got absolutely obliterated by Chelsea. So it's awful, absolutely awful. Has that kind of messed up your social life, being a copper who's on kind of weird multiple shifts? Um, yes and no, because a lot of my friends are either self-employed or in the creative the creative arts. So they're not really Friday, Saturday night out people anyway. Um, 
it does sometimes you're in family gatherings and weddings and birthdays because you have to think well in advance going right when's your wedding right i'm working the late shift on that saturday so i need to get it off so yeah. but no it, not overly i mean obviously it stopped me doing comedy but yeah but that wasn't that wasn't by rules. That wasn't work saying you can't perform comedy. It's just I realised I couldn't. Well, one, I wasn't that funny. Uh, you're meant to disagree, but oh, I'll I'll edit that in afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah, fucker. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, it's just a nocturnal lifestyle. I couldn't I couldn't maintain running, you know, running around mm. London, getting very merry two or th- till two or three in the morning, and then thinking, oh yeah, I've got to go and got to go and fight crime in the morning. Hangovers. Do you have to pre-think those? We're quite good. Uh, as I said, we have two earlies, two lates, two nights. Yeah. So as a team, we normally go out after the second early. Okay. That means we finish about four, go to the pub. We don't have to be until two the following day, so you're normally all right. Um, and obviously when I'm on rest days, if I go out with friends or dates or whatever. <laughs> Funniest thing I've said in ages. Um, you know, you can, you can do what you like because you don't have to be up in the morning. Uh, do what you like, don't be pervy. Um, Almost. We have early house as well, which I was talking to you about. So at the end of a sh- six-day shift, uh, we might finish at seven in the morning and, and go to uh, a pub at eight o'clock in the morning and just start a night out at eight o'clock in the morning. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. What about social media? I guess because before you were quite prevalent and you were, you know, you were posting videos of you performing and we knew where you were, but now, does it have to change? Um, well, I've set my privacy profiles a lot differently. Um, and I've changed my name on Facebook mm. uh, purely just for safety reasons. I mean, mm. up until very recently, I was married, mm. and you don't really want, you know, people that you've they seen you've done wrong by them, mm. knowing who you are, where you live, that you're married, that you might have kids, that you live in a certain area. Because yeah. you know, if, they, if if you really piss someone off, they can find out where you live. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, I took all my comedy videos offline. They're all on DVDs done by Philip. Oh, Philip, God bless him. Uh, Hello. <laughs> I would say if you're listening, Philip, but you might be in the room. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I took all my comedy stuff offline. There's a few little straggly bits and a lovely picture of me with my Tosh Lions moustache. Oh. But um, yeah. So, how, how do you cope with being a celebrity on Murder Mile? Well... I find it's a fine line between batting off your female listeners with a shitty stick uh, <laughs> and batting off your male listeners with a shitty stick uh, and, and, and also lying through my teeth. Uh, I, I deal with it, you know. I, I, I have my own line of shirts. I have mugs, you know. <laughs> but the, the, because of the anonymity, I can get away with walking down the street, even though I know that everyone on that street, wherever I am, it's talking about me oh yeah. yeah oh yeah uh and one final question before we have another beer and we dive into some lovely one final thing lovely burgers with some yeah. halloumi cheese halloumi cheese nice uh going back to where we started yeah. with this um how do you feel you've changed as a person over the four years as a policeman oh, um and are there any an extra question as well are there any advice that you would give yourself uh, I've got three new tattoos. Uh, I've shaved the head for the first time in ages. Uh, I have lost shitloads of weight, mostly through stress. Uh, earring? Yeah, no, the earring's come back. The earring was there in the first place. Oh, okay. Come back. Beard? Uh, yeah, basically a midlife crisis. I've, I've had a midlife <laughs> crisis. Uh, yeah, I mean, things in my life have changed. Uh, I'm sadly, uh, sadly divorced while, while, you know, since I've joined the job. Um, uh, I've learn a few more things i've lost a few people uh but i think these things would have probably happened job or not really uh, do, do you feel that you've changed as a person yes think? yeah i think i've become a bit more responsible okay um whether that's a good or a bad thing you'll have to ask other people but yeah i think i've become a bit more responsible uh a bit more aware of other people's needs if that mm, makes sense yeah it's just you're so hyper alert all the time um what advice I would give? Oh, that's simple. I would turn around to myself. I'd go back more than four years. I'd go back to my 20s and say, fucking join the police, you silly prick. Why did it take you so long? Put that coke down and tell those prostitutes to go home. <laughs> I take it you really enjoyed being a copper. I do. I do. I enjoy it because um, it's the first time. I, and this, I put it down purely to this, even though I could go on about how I feel better about rewarding, about fighting, mm. fighting, fighting crime one crime at a time. 
I put it down simply to this. I wake up every morning that I need to go to work and I want to go to work. Yeah. I don't mean, you know, I'm, I'm running out of the bed. If, I, if I've had a few too many the night before, I may not want to get out of bed. I may think, oh, I've got to go to work, but I will get up and I will want to be there. I've had other jobs where I've woken up and I've just gone, oh, I can't be asked to go anywhere near that fucking office and deal yeah. with those pricks or that bar or whatever job it is. I genuinely want to be in work every day that I have to be there. Right. And no, no day is the same. And I look really good in black and white. Woo, 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 yeah. woo, woo. Uh, one final question. I am literally like Colombo. One final thing. Or just one more thing. I love Colombo. Um, where do you see yourself in the future as a policeman? Well, I've recently started um, acting up as sergeant. Okay. So I uh, I have taken a sergeant's exam a couple of times and so failed, you're failed really, it miserably. You're really a police sergeant, Arsenal. Well, yeah. I think acting police sergeant Arsenal Guinness is just too many. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not officially acting up. I'm just. I'm. I'm getting experience and I'm enjoying it. Uh, I will take the exam again in March of next year and hopefully pass third time lucky. Um, yeah, I, I see my future that way. I, I like being in uniform. I, I like. That's not a kinky thing. I mean, I've done. I've done um, CID stuff. Uh, and I just like the day-to-day stuff of the response team. Uh, unfortunately, if I go the route I want to go, I'll have to leave the borough I'm on. But that's just the nature of the beast, you know. I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm of an age where I'm surrounded by people who are of a higher rank than me, who are younger than me, and I'm not resentful. But it sort of just makes me feel mm. that I should have done this a long, long time ago. But the flip side of that, if I'd done it a long, long time ago, I wouldn't have met people like you. Oh. I wouldn't have enjoyed comedy. So, swings and roundabouts. Well, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy diary to um, be interviewed for us for New Blue. Again. Again, again, yeah, we did. We did a kind of, well, I kind of cocked up the first one. So, thank you so much. We are now going to finish our beers and we're going to have some burgers. Yep. Cheers. Bless Uh, you, Bert. uh, Good luck, everyone. Uh, Keep them peeled. Uh, Don't do anything I wouldn't do in the last four years. Uh, do everything I did before then because I had some fun but thanks for your time stay safe everyone lots of love bye bye hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. So there we go. Hope you enjoyed that, folks. That was part three of New Blue. Lovely. Hope you enjoyed that. 
Thank you so much to Paul for giving me time to sit down with him so we could kind of uh, go through all these interviews and just kind of really dive into just the basics of what it's like to be a policeman. It sounds fascinating to me, it really did. So I hope you really enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, hopefully I might do some uh, some uh, interview some other people coming up soon. Sorry if my head sounds a bit weird today. I have a chest infection and a cold, and I'm recording this before I get really, really fluey. So, uh, yeah, I'm not concentrating that well today. So, let's dive into some quiz questions, ladies and gentlemen. So, question number one. What can an officer do if he knows an offender during the arrest? So, what can an officer do if he knows the offender during the arrest. Uh, question two. What is the police expression for urinating? I'm sure other people use the same expression as well, but this is just kind of a nice one. Question th- question three. How many days on and how many days off are, all, are Paul's shifts? Or any policeman for that matter. <laughs> question four. What are the three main types of courts that Paul has attended? Question five. Which is the three types of court? Um, let's rephrase that question, Michael. As always, I've written terrible questions. Question five. Um, which of these three types of court does Paul prefer? That's better. That makes more sense. Um, question six. What was... what? question my see my brain's all over the shop i haven't had coffee what is going on today oh my lord um question six what was one of the crimes paul attended um oh michael read this properly question six what was one of the crimes paul attended to the night before the recording of new blue there we go uh question seven what does Paul find most rewarding about his job? As always, you could just, uh, as in episode one, you could just put going to the pub in every ep- in every question. Uh, question eight. Oh, God. What is early house? <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, question nine. What did we have on our burgers? Uh, obviously, we, we had ketchup and uh, jalapeno peppers. But what was the main thing that we had on our burgers? Um, and question 10, what advice would Paul give to his younger self? So there we go. Hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, that was um, um, over the next couple of weeks. So we've got 10 weeks coming up of, of Murder Mile to bring us to the, the end of the year. Um, I was going to do as a nice big multi-part series to kind of end the season, but... The research kind of got to a bit of an impasse. There's a couple of holes uh, that it's going to take me a long time to kind of fill out. So we're not going to go to the multi-part series to end uh, this year with Murder Mile. But I've got 10 really good episodes already lined up, all researched and ready to go. I just need to write them and record them. Uh, There's a couple of two-parters. Most of them are kind of one-parters. But we are going to end with a two-parter which is one that I've been working on for a very long time. And I thought to myself, "Mm, maybe it's the year to do it, to roll out. So I'm not going to tell you what it is. Uh, It will pop up and it will be a little surprise for everyone. Oh, exciting, exciting. So let's do the answers to the questions. And then I can have a coffee and uh, cough my lungs out. Oh, I I, I really thought this was uh, uh, tonsillitis. I I felt it coming on on the weekend, so I did a lateral flow test and it came out negative. And then four days later, I did another lateral flow test thinking, oh God, it's bound to be because I've got a headache. Uh, I've got a bit of a cough. I'm a bit wheezy on the chest. I thought, oh God, here we go. Came out negative again. It seems to be, I thought it was tonsillitis because I get tonsillitis every two years. It seems to crop up every so often, especially in winter. But I think it's just one of those winter bugs has crept in because the temperature's gone like that. So, uh, yeah, I'll pop off to the uh, the pharmacist later on and grab some drugs. Yeah, the good shit, the good shit. 
and, and gargle with uh, salt water. Oh, delicious. So let's do the answer to the questions, if I can read these bloody things properly. Don't forget, you can just answer, goes to the pub, and that suffices as an answer. Um, question one. What can an officer do if he knows the offender during the arrest? Um, he can recuse himself uh, or go to the pub. Question number two. Uh, what is the police expression for urinating? I'm sure loads of other people use this. It's to self-relieve. Question number three. Shifts. How many days on and how many days off are Paul's shifts? Currently, they are six days on and four nights off. I would find that really frustrating. I remember working a, as, as a kid, I worked in a car plant and we used to do the continental shift, which is, I still can't remember it today. It was like, it was like two nights on, three nights off, two, three days on, two nights off. And you were just, your body clocks all over the shop. Like you'd, I remember coming in in the morning at like 7 a.m. and eating my dinner before I went to bed. It was like, oh, what day is it? So yeah, that must be exhausting. Um, question four. What are the three main types of courts Paul has attended? They are magistrates, coroner and crown. Question five. Uh, which is the which is the three types of court? Question five. Which of those three types of court does Paul prefer? Paul said he preferred Crown Court. Question six. What was one of the crimes Paul attended to the night before the recording? It was an assault. Question seven. What does Paul find most rewarding about his job? Of course, you could always say go, go into the pub. Uh, doing a good job slash a good arrest. Question eight. Here we go. What is early house? Surely everyone got this one. It's going to the pub at 8am after a night shift. Yeah, nice. Question nine. Uh, what did we have on our burgers? It was halloumi cheese. I've got a bit into halloumi cheese at the moment. Very nice. I, 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 tried, I had mozzarella again the other night and I was like, oh, it's just wet and pathetic. But halloumi grilled. Oh, delicious. Uh, question 10. What advice would Paul give his younger self? And that was, of course, join the police force. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed that. That was New Blue, the three-part series. Uh, next week, we will be back into the regular episodes of Murder Mile. So um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everyone for the lovely feedback about New Blue. It's always discon It's always weird rolling out uh, something new to kind of break up the season. And, you know, some people don't like different. But uh, a lot of people have got in touch and said that they really enjoyed it. I think because it is different, it's not, as I said before, Paul kicking down doors and telling us about all these great cases it's the little details the little questions that we we just think that we know but actually we don't know so uh yeah i thought it was quite interesting so th thank you so much that was new blue stay safe folks lots of love speak to you soon bye hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.